podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Discover the new 3-Step Pro Partial Range, specifically designed to clean your partials and remaining teeth in three simple steps. Clean your partial, strengthen your natural teeth, protect your whole mouth. Stand up to further tooth loss with Polident Pro Partial, available at Walmart. Oh, good evening and welcome along to the new and improved prehistoric original LFC Day Trippers podcast video show. We go back to our roots, we delve deep into the Anvil agenda and see what the index of thoughts are going through all the red men on TV tonight. <laughs> this is different than before, so before we Anvil wrap up at the end, we will meander down many copyright streets and couches until we've torn all the boots in the boot room stables. Tonight, I'm your forum admin. That's me, Phil Casey, bringer of topics and the folly of chat. Joining me, of course, I have my good friend and colleague, Andy Young. On this Good evening. One of the founders. <laughs> Alone is Gar Breen in Australia. G'day, Gar. <laughs> G'day, mate. And um, this way we've got Ray Dicko Dickinson. I don't know which way the fingers go. All right, right. All right, lad. Good stuff. Hang on, I can take this off though. And reveal my true self. All right, good evening and welcome along to the forum. It's great to have you all on board again tonight as we reset um, the show and reset what we do on, on the Monday night. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, hopefully that's not the start of something more serious. Um, anyway, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> yeah. we have to go into isolation for the next 43 days or so. Right, um, lads. It's great to have us on board. It's great to see um, what's going out in, in, in the world of LFC. Um, it's great to see the Premier League's back. It's unlucky that we didn't get a nice result out with Chelsea tonight. Um, but we want to talk about the real topics, the real things that are going on in, in, in all the Liverpool fans' minds. Um, and with that, we're going to slightly change the style. We aren't going to look at the here and nows of the matches that are coming up or have been in, in the past. We're going to look at specific topics and larger sort of agenda stuff that goes on. So we want everyone out there to get involved. Throw us your comments, anything that, that comes up as we go through the topics we'll happily get into um, and we will and we want to hear what your your opinion is and um, expect us to meander a wee bit but away we go um, and fourth topic up tonight lads um, it's something that Gar's brought up to me and I think it's fairly relevant when we look at how the matches have been panning out in the Premier League since the restart especially with the new season kicking off in closed grounds so Gar you were saying yourself um, something I noticed as well back in, in March and April the impact of fans or the lack of fans within the grounds what do you want what, to what's your take on things so far and how do you think it's impacting the the the, the games as you're seeing them arise Phil we touched on this back in March I think it was um, in, in regards of you know how, how it possibly would impact us as a team I suppose as Liverpool and you've seen after a lockdown issue that we came back and yes while still you know sporadic trains sessions etc would have disjointed any sort but it, it's really hit us because our 12th man obviously is regarded known as our fans and then you're seeing it again the weekend on a game where you know where fans would love to come back in and you know we'd be raw and ready for the start of a season this is Premier League you know the fans would have had 
we've been chomping at the bit even more, I suppose. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 you can see it's, it's having an impact on us on the side. But I suppose there's the other side of it, lads, where you've got younger lads coming into sides who are probably a bit more uh, at Anfield, you know, uh, for themselves coming on. And, and I suppose any young players that start for us, I suppose Curtis Jones has been coming in, you know, it'd be probably more relaxed for him. But then you've got the other thing of, of players who probably have the fans on their, on their back a bit are, are at ease as well. So there's a number of issues that could the number of that coming to Anfield a bit more, you know. Andy. Yeah, um I mean I look at this kind of from the emotional point of view. I think Klopp a major part of his motivation and his his technique of motivating is all about the fans and what's happening inside the stadium early on when he was he got a had a go with fans about leaving early. Um he's he rallied the fans up during the week. So you got to imagine behind the scenes, Klopp talks about the fans quite a bit um, throughout the week in training and just talk, just to G the players up, uses that. So what does he go to when, you know, when he's, when he's trying to motivate the players? Now we've seen, we've seen against Leeds at the weekend, we were able to come back three times and win the game. My biggest concern is if it was late on the game and you haven't got the noise and you haven't got the fans kind of giving the players the extra 10% that they need, just that energy finding our second win to get a goal. But we we managed that if we managed at the weekend, it's gonna take time, I suppose. Come back after the restart, I think we won four and drew one at home, something along them lines. So it didn't necessarily affect us. But we won't really know until we have a bigger kind of sample. But it's definitely something that I think is a big part of our game is the is supporters. Um, and as we'll see in the Champions League, especially, you know, it's big, it is a big concern of mine. Right. You're a, you're a season ticket holder, so. Yeah, I mean, like last season, obviously, we, we, we get another promoted side and there was quite a few of us from the podcast who were there. And, um, you know, the atmosphere, the build-up, it was electric and I, and I think we, you know, I, I think sort of knowledge, they played well enough, but their limitations were exposed on that stage. I think this season with Leeds coming to Anfield, they didn't really have the same, um, they didn't have the same inhibitions. They just went for it. It was just another, it was just another game of football for them. And I think we're going to see a bit of that this season from teams. Um, you know, I'm kind of convinced at some stage we're going to lose that undefeated uh, record at Anfield this season. Um, and, you know, they, they did give us a, a bit of a, a fright at the weekend. I also think we kind of, we had started to kind of run out of a few ideas. Um, you know, and it was only a stupid challenge, really, that gets us that last penalty with a couple of minutes to go. And I think if the crowd was in, involved in the game from an early stage, especially going... One nil up after such an early stage, like three, four minutes in, whatever. I think Anfield just would have been absolutely buzzing, and I'm not convinced that that would have turned into a four-three game like it did with 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 a you know a full-on uh, Anfield crowd there. So um, we just have to deal with it. The, the strange thing for me now is going to be when you start seeing some fans back in the ground, and you know the, that, that's almost that's almost 
strange really with when you see other games in other countries and a few thousand fans um and and the, you're probably going to find that certain fans are going to you know would because because there's less fans if there's if there's those negative fans getting on players backs the players are probably actually going to pick up on that even more so that's going to be interesting when we see fans back in the ground in in fewer numbers Okay, look, just want to pick up on some of the comments they're making, and I, I think some are valid. If you look at the stats, I think we've won five and drawn one since we or won four, drawn one since we've had no crowds in Anfield. Um, it seems to be having little impact when you look at the the overall results and where we've ended up. Um, I think there's one there from let me see, Stefan Mack. He said we had twenty shots versus four shots. When you look at what the game was like at the weekend, um, Kieran B said he'd rather have football than no football. Um, and we would have won comfortably had Bobby scored, Bobby scored like he should. Now, getting away from the micro of, of the match because I'm not, I'm not going to go back over the, the Leeds match. Um, for me, anyway, I think, and it's it's something that will pop up in a, in a later topic, probably my topic. But I think <laughs> for people watching, I think what's driving us more mad is the fake sound. Right. At first, I thought this is a great idea. I remember watching when, when football came back in the Bundesliga and they put the fake sound in and it was sort of moved with the f- flow of the match. Now it feels like, you know, when you've played FIFA for like six seasons or something like that, right? And it just feels like it's dialed in and it doesn't have that natural... It doesn't have that natural sound to it, so there's no there's no real change in the songs. There's no real change in the atmosphere, the mood. You can't feel when there's a... That, the one thing that I got before we went into lockdown, if you remember, even though we weren't in the full-on we are Liverpool tra-la-la-la-la buzz that we get as we get towards the end of the season and something is riding on us, you could feel the crescendo of expectation as we got into the last 15, 20 minutes from the crowd. That's missing. Now, it's a, it's it's to be said and it's to be commended from the players to win as many and score as many last 10-minute goals as they have with no crowds there. That's a fantastic fantastic commendation of what they've managed to do and maintain that mental strength of just winning games. But there is a part of me that worries about the defensive laps because we have been really poor defensively since the lockdown. Um, And you wonder, is there a little bit of that concentration goes off without the crowd saying, you know that, you know that the audible sound when somebody's attacking or somebody's breaks free in the box and it sort of keeps you that little bit sharper in defence than you do necessarily need an attack. And that's the only bit that I'd question is it's still there. Um, I suppose the number stacks up and says it doesn't really make that big of an impact. But for me, watching the game, I I think it's 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 an incredibly poorer product than when there is crowds in the matches. And I think this this idea that, that that doesn't make that much of a difference it definitely impacts the atmospheres across all the grounds with the exception of Arsenal and Manchester City. Because I guess yeah. exactly. Yeah, Van, I mean, just quickly on the game, Van Dyke completely embarrassed the fake noise uh, person there. Like, they, they didn't have a clue that that ball was in the back of the net. It was mad. <laughs> they put the ooh on to way too late. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I suppose it's it's it's, um, it's it's player dependent, isn't it? Some players mm. are going to really, it's going to help their concentration to not have the crowd there. Some players, it might yeah. change how they how they actually act in the game. You know what I mean? You know, if a big tackle's thrown in, the crowd gets jeered up, and then there's loads of big tackles get thrown in. Mm. Someone's liable to do something that they may not have done previously. You know, they feed off that emotion. Also, as well, I, you know, if you're at Anfield and uh, you hear a big man on show, I often yeah. wonder, do the players ever, does that ever help? <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it does. Because, <laughs> you, you, you know, you mightn't have to, you might be able to hear your player near you with the crowd noise, but if the whole crowd say man on, maybe it helps. 
And an interesting one when the when the uh, fans do go back into the ground, it's going to be easier for fans uh, to communicate with the players. You know that dickhead that sits behind your ticket, Ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's actually gonna he's actually gonna be able to have fully blown conversations <laughs> with Robertson now. He's not yeah, gonna be he's not gonna be drowned out now. So that's that's another factor. Robert's gonna have to listen to him. And do you, you know, think there should, there should be a top reds test and a bottom reds test for getting back into the ground? Well, that you can only get back look, in if you're a top red. To be fair, he he's a top red himself. He just, I'm sure, he's the best of intentions and he means well, but he has a very bad habit of telling the players to do the wrong thing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and with with Robbo so close to him the whole game, I can see him telling i can see robo telling him to just shut the fuck up like it's 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 not so bad that we have to listen to him ray but when robo has to listen or when, see, when Mo was see, out there did you see the fella tonight in germany heading into the stand and doing an eric doyer and knocking the head off some fella in the, in the stand did you see that yeah no, there's no. a potential there's a potential for more that was yeah it's, you know yourself like sometimes you're standing there and some some fellas abusing the players uh, not so not so much now because we're so good, but I don't know. Do you remember uh, Glenn Johnson's one of his last seasons? Yeah, his, one of his and, last uh, game. Yeah, yeah. And game. someone was abusing the whole yeah. game, and he, he ended up coming over and calling him a bell end or, or something along them lines. Mm. So that's uh, if things kind of take a bit of a turn, that's what we're going to be dealing with. The, the those bell ends in the crowd are going to have a bit of a. Yeah, you can see places like Spurs, you know, you can see mm. that place becoming toxic. Um, mm. If fans are allowed back in and they're in the middle of a horrendous run, you know. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Again, when it gets to about, December, it's going to be freezing, isn't it, for fans in there? You don't have someone besides you keeping you warm. Cuddle up. <laughs> <laughs> they say it's a a rocket through the sky. Um, the only thing I will say, in terms, like, uh, Carla Dunham makes a point, without the crowd, it'll come down to football ability, and we're better than the 19 other teams in the league, so we should be set to go again. Okay, one Are thing we? on this. Right? <laughs> one thing One thing I'll ask you on this, right? When you look at, at, when they took the fake crowd sound away the night that we won the league, right? And you could just hear the noise in the ground. There was still about 100 people in there. Cheer, cheer. Remember when they scored the goals? You could hear a real mm. cheer going on from mm. the bench, from the players <laughs> and everything like that. You could hear from the the fan, the, the reporters, I call them fans, but the, the reporters that are in the, you, There is a sound in the ground that, like, you lose. Like, I, I was watching the... Now, if we think ours is bad, I, I watched the NFL last night and they literally have not copped on as to how to put a fake sound on it. Like, there's things happening that's just looks random sounds going on. But anyway, um, back to this... Before I got way off on a tangent there, but like, yes, I, I'm sort of with you, Gar. I think from our viewer's point of view and from watching it, it's definitely a poorer product and it's something that's going to impact television money if it maintains that for a while. Um, but from a player's point of view, people are saying that Salah is better yeah. without the crowd. There's a lot of people that were talking that saying that we should sell Salah who are now saying that he's better without the crowd um, at the end of the season. Forget about it, yeah. Muppets. Um, anyway, right. Arsenal doing Chris, so well. Yeah, yeah, I think Chris, yeah, you were just about to, you know, Chris Brack saying Arsenal doing well because of no crowds and it's a hindrance to them. I think there's something to be said for that, especially, you know, allowing Arteta to bed in um, and not have uh, people jump on his back if the game isn't going their way or they don't get a result. And I think um, that's that's a bit of breeding space that he's really benefited from. I, th- I think when them um, when them when the crowd returns there at Arsenal, I think there'd be a lot of positivity in that back in that stadium. I couldn't agree with you more, right? And actually, to add to that, I think three 
big teams that really are, are benefiting from the lack of crowd. Arsenal doesn't have its toxic fans in there, right? Because they are they are basically the most toxic bunch of fans that are out there at the moment. Mm. Everton, yeah, Everton is so much better without fans because like that place is just a bottleneck of poison. Mm. And then United, yeah, that Old Trafford has been like, literally yeah. sewage since Ole was in there and Moyes and and Mourinho, right? And they've they all the teams. They have benefited the most of having no fans in Old Trafford because they were having their green and yellow protests until they won a match and then everyone was celebrating again. Then they're having more green and yellow protests and then everyone's getting sacked. And what's your man's name? Greeny Greenwood was off and he was doing rubber bands and everything. And then you had Martial and the lads doing all sorts, right? So, like, United, definitely. I, I say, get, I put the, I just put the fans back in. Does it really matter if there's an outbreak now at this stage in, in, in United's ground? I don't think so. Right? Do you know what I mean? Let, let's be honest about it. So, Field, um, field. There was also two other ones that there was also two other ones that stood out yesterday. It was the West Brom crowd not being there and how average their players were. And also the West Ham game and how average they were as a side without you know a, a for out you know, they're usually ferocious, as you say, fans getting on their backs. They were they were they were malogic. I couldn't have, I couldn't disagree with you more. They're two absolute mule ass sides. It doesn't matter whether it's a fan or not. <laughs> 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 um, oh, yeah. That really good with that delay. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, we're moving on. We're opening the, the, the next section of the forum, right? Um, so the next section is it's the Bobby Firmino Enigma debate, right? Um, who wanted to talk about this? Uh, that was must have been Andy. Yeah, that was yours, Andy and Bobby Firmino. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can sit here and defend them for fifteen minutes without you guys having a word if you want. Uh, <laughs> now, I think it's worth talking about. Lately, there's there's a divide in the fan base about Bobby, and it a divide some, in the fan base. Yeah, I know, I know, and quite quite often when there is a debate in the fan area, divide like you know. I'll allow to say Emre Can, Mohamedou Sacco. They were they were players that really divided the fan base. You've probably caved to doing it for the last couple of seasons. Are you heading off there? You're just getting <laughs> a pink drink. Um so so it's definitely worth talking about. I'd like to see what uh, comes up in the comments as well. There's quite a few people even before we started saying that he needs to do more. We can't defend him any longer. There's huge fans in the comments there as well. I know um, Stefan is going to go on cap lock if we start slating Bobby. <laughs> but the main point is, even though his productivity is down, uh, you know, especially for, I know he's a false, you know, false nine or people want to call him a nine or he's playing in the 10 role. Okay, his goals, his productivity, chances he's creating, um, uh, or, you know, they are down and you might expect a bit more than them for that. But for what he does with his movement and what the, the bit of lifting he does in midfield as well, you won't find another player, you won't find too many other players in world football who will be seen in our box at the beginning of an attack and in the opposition's box at the very end of an attack. So going about going replacing Bobby Firmino is going to be extremely difficult. You can kind of cope with his numbers being down. I don't know what where we turn when you when eventually say Klopp starts agreeing with this kind of dark side of the fan base who's saying no, they've enough of Bobby needs replacing. What happens then? Who who comes in? Give me some names in the comments. 
and we and we see could he do because I think you're looking at a total shake up in system, in formation, everything to replace him. You might bring in a someone who has a lot of goals, but then you're expecting your wide players to to do an awful lot more tracking back and get involved, helping the fullbacks out. We've a really good thing going on at the moment. Uh, it's you know finding a good false line like him again is going to be difficult. I don't know what you think. Yeah, th- I mean, if are you finished, Did, have, have you got all the awards out? Yeah, well, I have more, but have you got any big uh, ones? Well, pri- no big ones, no. Go on, okay, go on. you 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 could be the dark side. I know you're. No, fa- I mean, no. Look, the fella, the fella. I wait for it. Yeah, I'll just chip in briefly. Uh, I mean, the fella who sort of springs to mind to me is not just because he was playing tonight and he scored. Is uh, Jimenez for Wolves? I mean, he's the only one who I could at the moment say plays, you know, in a, in a similar way to Bobby really. Um, and he does seem to get quite a few more goals uh, for me, the whole, the goals thing and and even the assists thing to, to an extent, like it's kind of, it's not the, the thing that, uh, that would frustrate me about him, but he does seem to be getting increasingly, like I am getting increasingly frustrated with him in games because he does seem to be, giving the ball away a lot more and he does seem to be making the wrong decisions a little bit more often than he maybe once was and you know losing the ball in dangerous positions we've seen it we've seen it on Saturday and he gives then he has to give a silly free kick free kick away and a, and a and a yellow card I just think he's a little bit off it at the moment I, I don't think is like I still think he's a perfect fit for the system and I think he's still someone that Klopp will back 100% I don't think he's kind of looking elsewhere, shall we say. So I think we do just have to, like he has these, he's always had these really kind of quiet uh, spells when he's looked off off colour. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're like five, six games in and he goes on this great run and he's and he's banging form and we're all raving about him again. Gar, I'm going to ask you a question. You can answer me in five minutes, right? So um, when your feed catches up, but uh, you being a coach, how, like, most of, most of people's argument on this is purely about his fit for the system, and if without him, the system doesn't work as well. So, come on, tell me something. Well, I've seen for two years, like three years now, his work in that role and and how he allows the the two you know inside wingers as they're called now uh, to 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 create goals, to score goals, to, to his general play is. Is is generally amazing. A few bad touches the weekend, but that sometimes happens with Firmino. Let's be honest. But it, it, what he does in his link up, and, and everyone says it, lads. Every point that alludes to it, even the stupid ones, and how well he does link up play for our midfielders who generally aren't, you know, attacking midfielders. He's our main attacking threat to link up Salah and Mane in in that position he plays in. Yeah, there's a goal. There's a, there's a chance he goes through one on one the weekend. Always think to keep. Then you've got you know stupid stats going around Twitter. You know if you believe Twitter, you, you know you, you're believing the wrong sort of people that he didn't create a chance the weekend, etc. But I did post something yesterday that he clearly creates a chance that we need to score from. So oh. he he's all around play is is generally you know eight nine out of ten lads. Let's be honest about it. He, he does a lot for Manat and Salah in regards of uh, in regards of how how they play as as inside wingers and. How they can come in and score a lot more, and we've seen a bit. You know, Salah's got two pennies the weekend, but okay. we've seen it in his goal. He's, he's on the ends in. He scores from from the crossing. 
So we've now had the top reds take in Andy, the middle reds take in Ray, and we've had the Australian reds take from Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm, lo- I'm looking at what, what the lads are saying on, on in the comments. They're saying about the importance of what he does. It's not necessarily about the goals. It's about um, the system. It's about if he doesn't play, then it doesn't work as well because we don't do as well. Well, sorry lads that isn't necessarily true because we still managed to win nearly all the games that he didn't play in last season as well because this is what this is what happens when you have a season like we just had it's very hard to have that argument as to whether it worked or whether it didn't work however my issue with Bobby Firmino is he's very streaky it goes back to what Ray said right he tends to hit a really really green patch of form and will score seven or eight goals in four five six matches right he will then not play well for two or three games. And as Ray says, he does give the ball away. He drops into deep areas and gives the ball away often in mad positions. He works his arse off to cover those giveaways, but he does give them away, right? And sometimes you're sitting there going, for fuck's sake, like, what are you going to do next? There is, I, I totally get it. I also think he doesn't have real competition. And I go back to, if you look at Salah and you look at Mane, they probably feel a little bit more pressure this year with the emergence of... Uh, Minamino with the emergence of say Curtis Jones that they're all these guys are looking for 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 places in the team and the natural fear even Oxlade Chamberlain will be in either of those flanks in the, in the four three three right the, who what Origi's not gonna Origi's not gonna step in and replace Firmino he's not gonna do any near the same job the only one we're really talking about is Minamino we thought that maybe Brewster could, could do it, come in and do it so there is a complacency possible there in Firmino that he knows that once he's fit he's playing. Unless his leg is falling off or something like he's playing, and that to me, I always, th- I always, I don't like that type of complacency. I, I, I would prefer to see. I, I actually think, if you tr- judge him not as a centre forward and as a number ten, his return is excellent. If mm. you judge him as, as, as the player who's playing behind Mane and Salah, his judgment, his, his, his return is absolutely excellent. If he's getting somewhere between twelve to sixteen goals in a season, right? That's because we have ridiculous Salah and Mane getting twenty plus, but. It's just a slight variation on how you look at him as a player. So when we look at a replacement, and I said this before the break, I said it last season, if I'm looking at a replacement for Firmino, I'm not necessarily going to buy a centre-forward. I'm not buying a Jimenez. I'm not necessarily buying somebody like that, Ray. I'm looking at saying, okay, who can we get that's a, that's a attacking midfielder that scores a lot of goals? One of them potentially would have been Havertz, who's gone to Chelsea. Not mm. Werner, but Havertz, right? Because he plays, he's, he's got an eye for goal and plays there. Mm. But if we were to go into the market now and buy somebody with experience, I think Thomas Muller would be an absolute worthy for us playing off the two of them. When we're talking about it's slightly different, doesn't have all the tricks and, and, and shimmery that, that Firmino has, but can link play immensely. Like we've we've seen him through the years at Bayern Munich, right? And uh, But he is getting on a bit. How old is he? 42, is he? 56. 56. <laughs> him, him and Roger Miller... Um, him and Roger Miller <laughs> shared, shared a birthday there on Wednesday <laughs> but again it has to be somebody who is who I, I'd see if you're looking for a competition from if um, his most natural one his most natural competition in the squad for me is actually Curtis Jones if we're looking at players is who can sit into that role where he comes yeah. on but I don't know what his finishing level is like. And Firmino wasn't renowned as a finisher but before he came to Liverpool. He was a number 10. He was an attacking midfielder. And when he came here, he was moved into the number nine position that we see Klopp playing him in. But he's not your number nine. It's just because he's wearing number nine. If yeah. we put number 10 on his jersey, people wouldn't be going around with the same takes as it is. So from my point of view, I think, yeah. Could we get somebody else? Potentially. 
But we need to look beyond what we're saying. We're probably looking at these lads with make-up names that are in Spain or in Italy mm. or in Portugal or something like that, right? And you're playing them instead of a true centre-forward because their centre-forwards are two lads who play out wide and cut in and score all the goals and do all the damage from there. Mm. Just I guess, You mentioned them. Um, sorry, go ahead, Ray. All I was going to say is that we'll, we'll get some opportunities, I'm sure, this season to see how things work or don't work with Bobby again. So, you know, we'll, we'll get to see some alternatives. We might see Minamino, we might see Origi back in there at some point. Uh, and I guess they may be reminders for, for, for what Bobby does um, mean to, to that front three. Yeah, I, I think in the same way, Henderson took a lot of stick from the fans when he played in that six for a few years um, and probably didn't play as well as he did from kind of December, January time this season, he was a bit of a scapegoat. We we can, we all agree on that. He, he done a lot of work for the team and took the very little credit. Bobby's kind of went to an extreme lengths in the the stuff he does behind you know, that people don't exactly notice. One example of that was when he when he any other striker in the world, any other player coming down and goal would have shot. And he tried to he tried to cut it back to one of I think it was Salah or, or Mane coming in. He's he's so selfless. It's great on other on supporters. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. In that in a team in the team in the current squad, who can come in and do his role? Phil, you mentioned uh, Brute or who'd you mentioned? Chorus Jones. I'm trying to think outside yeah. the box, Andy, because they people mentioned Shaq. A lot of people are mentioning. Uh, Minamino, mm. Ox could probably do it. I suppose anyone who's prepared to do a bit of work, and then when they come in, when they when they do get a chance, they take it. Well, I think it'd be very difficult to buy a player out there and convert them so quickly. It's 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 a it's a good a good point there by Chris Brack. Are Bobby and Gomez the new scapegoats? I I think the Bobby thing is we have to have some, don't we? Let's face it. I mean, if you go back, you know, you'd say you know the keepers yeah. were for a while. Uh, that got sorted. You, you know, you Stuart had, you had Degsy. Yeah, if you go that far back, you know, he had Lalana. Um, you, you have, you have plenty. So, and we got to the stage where we kind of eliminated, you know, um, those those players. So, I guess there is generally some one or two players who come in for regular targeting. Yeah, even uh, Allison was taking a bit of stick there after the game about his weight. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? I mean, we're really clutching our straws to think of something to slag around players over here. I was talking about a goalkeeper who's put on a bit of weight. He doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very hard to stay fit when you're not moving ever, isn't it? Yeah. He only had to move three times at the weekend and he didn't He didn't move, Andy. So Yeah. <laughs> He's morphing into Mignolet. <laughs> Phil, you being the expert in goalkeepers, do you think he could have got to any of those? I should have got any of those. I think we're, we're, we've been so, so, so blessed and fortunate to have Alisson saving things left, right and centre. We're just not used to conceding goals. And to me, it's the biggest shock that we've had since February and March is that I'm not used to seeing him concede goals. And when he concedes goals, it's sort of freaking me out. And it's still freaking mm. me out at this stage. Um and you do go, well, is there something going on here? How come he's not saving these anymore? Anyway, look, going back on this, right, and looking at the Firmino thing and looking at the the, the, the whole piece, an awful lot of people do get upset about this. Mm. Um, does it, does it, there is a valid question, that I got, what is the succession plan? And I'm, I'm 
probably leads in a wee bit on these rumors where we we hear about Salah um, on the, the where Cumin's agent was saying that he wants to buy Salah fair play to him and that he heard Salah might like to go to Barcelona um, and then but it also leads into what is the succession plan now we all we're all in with Klopp we know Klopp's time is finished soon right he's openly saying this it's not like he's he's he's, he's He's putting it there as a, just a thing, saying oh for a new contract, or whatever. I think he's genuine when he says oh, he's going to see out his contract, and that'll be him off into the into the great blue yonder. But you got to look at the club and say, okay, what does the succession plan look like? We built the squad specifically for this club era for the whole lot, right? But do we let all these players go to twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, and then look to replace them? Because we're going to have to spend a lot of money at that point in time. So is this the logic where we? Don't spend loads of money. And I've, I've read the Swiss Ramble article and I know that they haven't borrowed because of the, the, the current pandemic and they're nervous about income lines, revenue and all this. I get that, right? But assuming there's a normalisation and we get back to looking at the squad, looking at the whole... I, ideally, wouldn't you be bringing these players in a year, 18 months before you have to replace your superstars going out the door? And, you know, isn't that sort of where the frustration comes from when we look at this? When we hear about the likes of Salah leaving, you get that sort of... When we're talking about Firmino, it's about, well, who's the next one in after Firmino? Because it's not Origi. He's not up there. He's not good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, look, your succession plan is exactly, yeah, Klopp's play, this is Klopp's fourth last season as per his, his latest contract, right? The players will be too old for him not to replace by the time he leaves and he'd be leaving us in an awful mess if he didn't. But then, if he is going to create a new Klopp era, a new a new eleven, you know, a new Salah, a new Mane, then it's gonna have to kind of happen next summer. Cause he won't get the chance to work with them. You know, if he's mm. gonna leave us in, in a really, really strong position for the next manager coming in, it's kind of gonna have to happen next summer or the summer after at the very, very latest. Now, like the Swiss Ramble was good, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, really valid points about what's going on, the current climate, makes a few forecasts on the Nike deal. But there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on as well about FSG and their finances. They'll say one thing, but they're the ones who only really know at the end of the day um, what, what sort of money is coming in. This summer wasn't a needs must type of summer to buy players. We have a really, really good 11, 15 players, 16 players. When you know when they're all fit, we have a really strong 15, 16 players. The time, the time wasn't now to replace them. They're all coming into their prime. Chelsea, United, City, they all had to spend more than we had to. Players, even teams coming up had to spend more than we had. It's kind of four windows now, I suppose, without them making it kind of a marquee signing. But they have tipped along. You know, Minamino was a good addition. Uh, same because we needed a left full uh, goalkeeper today. Like, these are... These are small signings that could have a big impact. You know, we know Klopp was really good at getting good value out of the team. So, although the strategy seems like it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a sell to buy, but it really is more of a kind of one out, one in. So when we do need to replace a player, like a big player, you know, like a, a Jordan Henderson in the midfield, or like um, Mane or Salah. You can be there's nothing sure they will go out and buy the best player available. When we mm. needed a goalkeeper, we went out and bought the best goalkeeper in the world and broke Eventually. the world record. Eventually. When we needed, yeah, but well, in under Klopp, when we needed a uh, centre back, we went out and got Van Dijk. 
we needed Fabinho. We went out and spent the money. When we need it, they do spend. Now, that spend is so over, over-talked. It's, it's ridiculous. Income is income. You know what I mean? They've done, you can't fault them. They've done extremely well, especially since Klopp has come in. And whatever way it's designed in the back with their, they've, they've dropped the transfer committee thing. But we know there's people behind the scenes that are are suggesting the players for Klopp using, using stats. They're doing extremely well. I don't think they, I don't think they should be coming in for the, the sort of stick that we, we that we do read day to day in social media. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. I, yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting reading the comments here, right? Like, so many people are getting upset at the idea that, you know, we're questioning the policy question is this the right thing to do i think it's a valid question like it's, it's it's you should be able to debate these things and be able to have a conversation around you know is it what type of policy or pursuing how does the club view um succession plans if even if they know that Klopp is leaving what is there is is this transfer system that they have in place just really about cogs in the machine and that when, when a new coach comes in he becomes part of that machine and there's another cog that's there essentially like well, and we know no and i'm not um belittling Klopp's ability as a coach and his ability as a manager to manage these things but again if you look uh, Henderson is heading to the wrong side of 29 30 right for Genie is already 30 I'm, I'm just looking at players who are approaching that yeah Van Dyke is 29 so you're looking at these players who are the spine of the t- essentially the spine of the team and at some point they will need to be replaced. Like we've had Henderson since what 2010, is it 2000? He's been there at the club 10 years or nearly 10 years now at this stage. He's one of the four signings that, that FSG made, like four big signings that FSG made. Um, and obviously, we, we know that Genie has a year left in his, in his contract that's there. I wouldn't be too worried about Van Dyke because he has that ability to see what's going on. But what if, if you look at Salah and Mane, right, and Firmino, surely one of them. Because they'd be, I think Salah will be five or six years at the club next year. The likelihood is one of them will go next year. and the way our club operates, we look to maximise maximise the amount of money that we receive for players. If you're looking at, say, a Mane, isn't that the ideal time to sell him? Is is probably next season when you're getting 130, 140, 150 million. And based on our current model, that essentially gives you the funds to go again. In the same way, um, the same way that Chelsea are claiming that they're using the hazard money and whatever other money they they spent or, or, or saved over the last two seasons to rebuild what's going on. Yeah, I mean, we're at, we're in this sort of strange position, if you like. I, I'm kind of comfortable with our policy to effectively kind of reap what we've sown over the last few years in terms in terms of the players that we've got. Certainly, the first kind of eleven and and, and a few beyond that. At the end of the day, at the moment. Like this, this is a team in its prime. You know, you, you, the back four picks itself. The, the goalkeeper picks himself. The front three pick themselves. The, the fluidity is kind of in the other four in the other four players, and 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 it's good to have that variety that we've got. You know, between all of the midfielders we've got and and, and the different kind of systems and whatnot. So, uh, like, I'm quite com- I'm I'm not one who's getting too concerned with um, the lack of transfer activity right now. With that said, though, I I would be surprised if, if, you know, if we stay dormant beyond 
this these next two windows. I I think, and if we're not if we're if we're if we're not making plans now for the next you know for next summer, then then we are being quite foolish, really. Uh, I, I think the business side, you've got to be realistic and say that either Salah or Mane goes. I'm not sure how much really Firmino will command. Um, he's very kind of specialist, really, to what we to what he gives us. So I'm not sure that the true value of a of a Bobby going elsewhere will necessarily be seen. But definitely Salah or Mane arriving at the new camp or whatever will be the splash sign and that that they would want. So you're going to get big money for them. I'm happy with 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 not happy, but I, I'm comfortable with those players moving on as long as we've got someone lined up. But then you've got that kind of trick of, well, when do you bring that player in? Because if you bring them in, if you if you sell first, everyone knows you've got that cash there. So you're going to end up getting stung for, for massive money and whoever you bring in. And then on the other hand, the finances yeah. not, may not be there to bring, you know, to bring in the player ahead of time sort of thing when you're dealing with that kind of, that kind of money, you know, we we seen we seen Suarez come in just before we knew Torres was going out the door, so we brought Suarez in. But we, we were talking of what 25, 30, 40 million back then. Here we're going to be talking about about maybe 120, 150 million. You know what I mean? Like things are going things are going to shit at the moment at, at PSG. You know they've just lost the Champions League final. You can see that. You know you can see the manager you know, getting booted out soon enough, you know, would Mbappe come? You know, that's the type of signing that I would like to see as a as a as a replacement to um, a Salah or a Mane because at the end of the day I'd expect us to be potentially, you know, back to back Premier League champions, um may, you know, maybe in, in another Champions League final or whatever. So so we should be able to command um the attention of those sorts of players. So I'm not I'm not I'm not losing my shit now like a lot of people are obviously everyone loves the signing and you see Chelsea lining up with those new players tonight and everyone likes new things and nice mm. things but 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 I think we just need to relax and enjoy the fact that we've got we've got our best team in a generation right now yeah, well, I looked at an awful lot of questions. Well, I think I can't remember who said it. Let me see if I can uh, if I can scroll back. And there's, a, I think it may have been Kev. I was sort of no, um, it was Dave Lennon. He asked a question. He said, "Would would Liverpool have improved if they'd made the signings Chelsea have?" And I suppose it, it, it's it's a hypothetical question at the moment because we don't know how these players are going to pan out in England. But my 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 good take would be that if had we signed Havertz and we signed Werner, we would have added to the squad and potentially had replacements there for when a midfielder or a forward had to be replaced, so you'd probably bed them in for a season. But it's a lot of money to spend in the current in the current market. You're talking about 150 million there on two players for who may or may not be starters for us. You know what I mean? And the way and, the wage thing is a massive thing, Phil. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I'm not disagreeing there on this. Like, like, we can't tell these people also saying that we want Naby Keita to be the the future of the club and do all this right. Um, and then you say to yourself, right. But we want to go out and sign Havertz, and he's not going to get a look in. I thought it was it was positive to see Kate starting at the at the start of the week uh, at the, at the weekend um, mm-hmm. over one of the lads in midfield. I thought it was interesting that Fabinho was left on it. It was looked like a, a definitely a more attacking type of of spin. How we didn't sort of use our fullbacks and didn't use that method to get at team. So. You know, for me, we're not. I don't believe we'll sign an Mbappe. I don't believe we'll spend a hundred odd million on Sancho. We will try find the thirty-five million Salas and the thirty-two million Manes and the twenty-two million Firminos because yeah. that's what that's what the model is. 
And we have to trust that model because that model isn't changing as long as FSG but, is there. Well, yeah, know, but having said that, having said that, you know, we we went we got when we had the available money, um, the Coutinho money was was spent on buying the most expensive goalkeeper at the time, uh, and you know Van Dyke for seventy five million, and you know a lot of fans thought we were, we were paying out ridiculous money. So if the money's there in the war chest, then the famous war chest. <laughs> Then, <laughs> then I'm sure it'll be spent. Well, just another quick one, Andy. What 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 sort of succession plan did the FSG outlads have when 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 we when we actually won that league? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's it's it seems to them it's as simple as like banging the club up on eBay and the highest bidder just takes the club. Like it's that simple. I don't think there's too many people out there that are prepared to maybe pay. I don't know. What's the club worth now? Two billion. Um, and investors, <laughs> investors are going to want to. They're they're going to want something they can they can maximise their shareholders' wealth. So they're going to be buying your Newcastle's, you know, mm. your West Ham's, and thinking that they can. There's something there that they can maximise that's not being tapped into at the moment. But Liverpool are at, probably at their peak value now. Um, but just in terms of the strategy, right? Like I, I feel. It has evolved over the years. It's always remained spend what you have, but we have an awful lot more than we had 10 years ago. Mm. So, okay, Coutinho enabled us to buy, to, to break the record for a centre-back and um, and a goalkeeper. But the Nike deal is going to enable us to strengthen when we need to. Glad you mentioned Nike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well, yeah. If we're gonna, if we see a long-term injury, um, or we see, you know, we see Firmino has a total shocker of a season, and we we need to replace him or someone in midfield. You know, that deal does enable them to spend massively to replace a forced eleven player. But you're not going to bring Havertz in on three hundred and fifty thousand a week. You know, before any bonuses mm. to challenge our midfield, our Werner to like look. What's the most attractive prospect for Werner? Come to Liverpool on a hundred grand a week and maybe earn two hundred if he gets into the team and, and he's top scorer and all those things that go with it, or else go to Chelsea, be their talisman and just get loads of money. But I mean, what's more attractive to a fellow like him? And that's what it came down to. Klopp has mad conversations with players before he signs them. He asks Vinaldo what he's doing on his holidays. He looks into people, he looks as if their ambition matches his and matches what the current team have. It's not always it's not always the the most shiny player that we need, and it's not always possible. Yeah, I think to, um, the, someone in the comments there mentions um, it's Marty mentions raid Spurs for Deli Ali, the, the player. I'd, I'd I'd love us to go him for at Spurs when that continues to go to shit. His son, yeah, you know, yeah. like he's he's someone that we could pluck from there and make an absolute sure. global superstar. Yeah. And that's I, a player that makes yeah. so much sense Liverpool. I have to say that the, there's absolute murder going on in the comments, which is great crack, because it is genuinely like a forum. Remember like the old days, Andy, in a forum yeah. where there'd be lads killing each other about their opinions and stuff like this. Yeah. This is great. Uh, Let's keep this going. I'm reading the comments and it's very entertaining. <laughs> it's it is. more entertaining than we are. Uh, right. there's, there's people calling each other terrible names. <laughs> 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 They're all very bold. Uh, <laughs> 
I have to say, I have to say, Dave Lennon puts up a government. Lucas Mera, I think if we're talking about somebody who could come in as an alternate to Bobby Firmino, he was excellent when he had that run when Harry Kane wasn't being Harry Kane. Harry Kane and Spores all over the place and he more mm. or less got to a Champions League final and yeah. was able to do little dropsy yeah. offy great things and, and help the, the wide players in around the place like Salah and, and Mane. You could see him playing in that or being a competition that role. And like let's raid Spores. Like they're getting knocked out of the Europa League, they're getting knocked out of the Caribou Cup, they're getting knocked out of the FA Trophy Vaz, they're getting knocked out of the five sides. They can't even play like do you see that thing with Reno? Great stuff. Let it let it keep going. Um the great David, thing about the comments, Phil, people are telling us now Son is 28. Yeah. So yeah. we're not going to sign Son. That's rubbish now. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> He's done his military service as well, I suppose. So, yeah. 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 Uh, he, still looks, he still looks like an, um, a young kid. So <laughs> I know. The, 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 lads, the lads are going mad about the age or whatever. It's just like, yeah, get over yourselves. I'm not going. I, I'm. I like. I don't care about imaginary players anymore. But David Nares at at Ajax. Uh, that'd be a fella now. He'd be worth looking up and, and throwing into the into the outcome. He's probably being sold to somebody else. So there's a fella called Griezmann. He's meant to be coming through as well. He's meant to be very good. Nah. And uh, at Nabil Fekir, he's meant to be brilliant as well. <laughs> and Samel. Samel is. Your evaluation, your evaluation of Mane and Salah when they're 30, uh, your inflated uh, valuation is really upsetting people in the comments. <laughs> no, yeah. I expect a knock at your bar. <laughs> 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 I think I, I think we could get 170 million for Mane as a 30-year-old. I think we could get a big, huge yacht for, uh, for Linda. Chris Brack there, Neres is coming back from a big... Asian Champions League injury. I don't know what that means. Phil, you have a real gripe about the new kid. Oh, lads. I wanted to bring this up and it'd probably be, be our last topic on it, right? But this should this should start everyone going. You know, it'd be interesting to see how all the fanboys are going to go with this one, right? But like, honestly, I've seen so much crap about the kit and I don't normally get involved because I'm never going to buy a jersey, right? Once you get the over the age of 20, if you're buying jerseys, you, you basically, you need to go see somebody and have a chat to them because you shouldn't be buying them. They're for kids, right? The only thing that bothers me about jerseys is I want them to look well on television. It's a bit like the crowd and the fans, right? I want, honestly, I want to see something nice, right? New Balance had this to a T. When I turned on the television and put on the television, I saw Liverpool playing every week, right? I didn't see Middlesbrough. And this is what happened in 19, between 1992 and 1998 when our club went down the tubes, right? Basically, Adidas threw a load of white gank on the gear and we didn't even look like Liverpool anymore. It was just... Appalling, right? So now we all talk about the Nike gear, we all talk about the Nike contract saying it's great, but it's not. There's a fucking stripe down the side of it, right? And that stripe is a joint white stripe <laughs> down the side of it. It's thicker than the boy line, it's thicker than the sideline, hmm. it's horrible, right? When they came out on those st- those stadium jackets, I was expecting Brian Robson to be standing there in a the suit. I thought it was the Carling Cup final or something like that. It's honestly Nike are appalling kit makers and I can't deal with it. I, I, I literally, I was so put off. I'm, I I reckon the players were struggling. I think that's how we conceded all the goals. They kept looking around seeing these white stripes down the side of the jerseys and didn't realise they were their own players. It's terrible. And I don't know. Andy, you've gone out and spent €100 Euro on the, the players' kit and they want the whole lot. Just, I, I'm, I'm lost, mate. How can people like this kit? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bury a dog in that kit. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> uh, I just bought the kit. I just wear it around the Jesus. gap. I don't, I don't wear uh, 
kids outside the house. I don't go sitting in a pub wearing a kit, maybe <clears throat> going to the game. I might throw it on. Uh, but I, I just uh, bought the expensive ones, so we'd buy expensive players. <laughs> so it's just the only bit uh, for the club. I see a lot of people in the comments um, saying they want that you know we want serious signings. Go and buy the expensive kit. Yeah, like, but like, it's got a stripe. Ray, you're a, you're a traditionalist like myself. Like, even last mm. year when New Balance put those pinstripes on it, like from a distance and watched it on television, it was beautiful red. It was just a beautiful red kit. When we zoomed in, it gave you those memories of '84 and winning uh, winning European Cups and Sunas and all the lads. It gave you those great memories. This kit reminds me of 1993. Nothing happened in 1993. It was crap. Right? We basically stopped winning leagues. Well, I mean. I'm actually less bothered about the, the, the home kit. And now you were saying about traditionalists, the thing that's really upset me, to be honest with you, is the is the away kit and the third kit. Like, I think they're both appalling. I think they're a complete step away from, like, it's just, they just literally, I'd say they had a, like a, you know, a selection board of about like 10 kit, you know, 10 of their templates and just, maybe they just put a fucking random light across all of them because basically, that's it. There's absolutely no link to the club whatsoever with those two kits. So I can give them a pass. No, I can give them a pass. I can give them a pass on the home kit. Um, but I'm not no. giving them a pass at all on the on the on the other two kits. No way. I mean, what's wrong with an all white kit or you know, a yellow kit or whatever? I just I just don't get those other two kits. I, 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 don't, I don't have any of them. And did you buy the shorts and the socks as well, did you? Yeah, <laughs> I wear the shorts on the head. Uh, Ray, you want an all white kit because you want it to look like the England one. The only kit you bought in the last <laughs> 10 years is that fucking Nepal. <laughs> no, I tell you, the kit that I bought, right? I bought I bought the Allison kit only to then uh see about a week and a half later some picture of I don't know, I think it was a Russian team or something with exactly the same goalie top, and it's completely put me off it now. Yeah. Andy, we ha- Andy, Andy, like when I look at the Cool Pop puke away jersey, right? Because that's what that looks like. You know, if you had a Cool Pop and you puked it all over a white piece of paper, cool that's what that looks like. A blue yeah. Cool Pop puke, right? That's, well, it's the colour they It's the colour they live abroad and the live buildings. It's, well, that's because everything on it. That's, but if, that's what it is, right? We if they were. <laughs> they did. That link was definitely made a week after. Uh, that was a that was a guess that was a invent the link competition at the club in the office. Yeah. Honestly. I have to say, I have to say, if you take the red kit, if you take the home kit, right, and you took the white stripe off and you just put a nice round back to the neck, you wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have an issue. But like it's the white it goes down the yeah, stripe. What's the well, tell me what's the V at the back all about as well? It's in case you're in case you're into crisscross and you want to make a jump and you turn it on backwards and you walk around with the name on the front of it. Like, like it's it's Christ. You know what I mean? Come here, so, um, someone makes a good point. The the away kit is doing serious uh, sales for our kids, and that's what is it's it? all about. Okay. Kids are kids are the ones that are driving the sales, aren't they? Kids get everything they want these days, except the FSG outists. Yeah, <laughs> no one but, gets them. <laughs> yeah, I'm only six year old. not even into football, but he wants that uh, that bluey green kit. And I said, fair, fair. That's all that's that. wrong with football. Yeah. Yeah, but they're they're the ones that are going to pay for the players. I'm just upset. The- I, I loved I loved I loved the the New Balance colours and the home kits. They were great. And now it is right. The back to fronty neck is rotten. 
right? I, I noticed just... Chelsea had it tonight, and I was like, nah. That's because the template's great. Right? Do, 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 do you remember when they got the gear and they said, we won't be doing templates for the Liverpool kit, we'll do something special for them? And they literally went and said, right, red, template, job done, out the door we go. That's yeah. a set of loads. I will say one thing, though. The, the real casual stuff that Nike is producing, another one that just sounds like uh, swoosh and LFC underneath it instead of Nike. Yeah, that's 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 the best. That's good. Part of, yeah, that's good. Range, don't, yeah. don't, yeah. don't buy don't buy any yeah, of the yeah, expensive well, club. Yeah, yeah. yeah, don't buy any of the expensive club stuff at all. You can get it all knocked off in DHK anyway. So like, it's not going to cost you Honestly, <laughs> we don't endorse that kind of. No. Uh, I'm not, clearly, I'm only messing. But like, I don't understand. You go on to DHK and you can buy everything just with slightly like Nike instead of Nike, and it's do you know what I mean? It's all, it's mad. How does that get on? Um, yeah, I will say, John, you're right. The PSG Nike gear is incredible, but they're, they're, it's not Nike they're wearing. It's the Air Jordan stuff, and the Air Jordan stuff is class. You see the PSG sort of mauve color type. They literally have done original stuff, and it's fantastic to look at. And Dave Lennon, I'm with you. Bring back Warrior. Do you remember that mad purple and white thing that they had? Deadly. Uh, and I also go with mad fluorescent colors. I don't want blues. I just want, and that's black thing now. I'm not into like black checkerboard things. I don't understand it. Like Lovren's gone. We don't need to dress like Croatia. It's there's no need for it. Do you know what I mean? Dean Murray's dead, right? The night deal uh, enables us to compete. Stop giving out. The tree you stop giving out, <coughs> please. No, <laughs> no, no. Now, this is the show for the bottom reds, right? That's the end of it, right? But I'm saying to you, the Nike deal will only enable us to compete better if we have record sales. It's not a clear-cut deal. And in this time of pandemic, when, when families are struggling to find the money to buy stuff for just to exist on a day-to-day basis, for, I can understand why parents are upset at the fact that we have, I think, the third most expensive kit that's out there for kids. So that's that's something that has to be factored well, the into. One, the one really strange thing, and I haven't seen it with any other club, is how, how we they managed to normalize the vapor kit. How they managed to make the stadium kit, which is seventy pound. How they managed to make that out to be the fake version. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just with just with marketing, they made it. Yeah. They made it so different looking in the pictures. That wasn't that wasn't there by coincidence. I mean, you could see you could see from a dis quite a distance that that was a different kit altogether. It's not even the same. I no. mean. As look, as I said, I went and bought the vapor one because I'm just a fucking fill for that sort of shit. <laughs> <laughs> there was no way it was going to be walking around with the with the kind of shiny, mad looking one that they've yeah. they've they've managed to get seventy pound for. Kev, I'm not a 90s kid. I'll go on the 80s kid. Michael Lee say, finish on transfers. Yeah, Thiago, I heard a signing this week. Um, huh. We've increased our deal from 30 million to 32 million euro. And Bayern are prepared to meet us in the middle at 32.75 million euro. But we've had to get Frederick Englund in off um, million dollar listings New York to help out with the deal um, because they've got Josh Flagg. All right. So um, on real things, let me see. Aqua blue, greeny kit, two different color beds, reds, stiff on Mac. He's right. The two, that stadium kit, Andy, is a different color to the to the vapor kit, which is mad as well. That's it's not in real life. It's the way it's the way uh, the a picture, the exposure on pictures. It's picked up by a camera. It's actually not. It's the same ink. It's just the way the fabric is. It's the way the light catches it. They're the same red. I think I just for somebody said when do we think there'll be people let back in the stadiums? Listen, Boris Johnson, anything's a lottery. There could be five hundred thousand allowed into a stadium next week for all we know. Like the, the, literally it's mad stuff that goes on over there. They just change the rules every five weeks or so. Um 
like I think they're talking and to be fair, I think they're talking about letting people back into stadiums in Ireland and we've been fairly conservative. So if 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 they're getting back in, in Ireland, it'll only be a matter of time until they get back in, in England. And I know they're talking about October. I'd say probably the end of October mm. we start seeing twenty, twenty five percent back in it. Um they're talking somebody else mentioned the United Zebra kit. Look, at the end of the day, if you look at the stupid kits that were being produced by United, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, whoever else that's out there, it's purely to get the attraction of social media. Like that zebra kit that you know, they will yeah. never wear that. They will never ever wear that. But it basically took over the internet for three days. Everything is all about going um, viral, and that went viral. Andy, tell us a story. Stefan might want to know. <laughs> Stefan demands a story. No, I have no story tonight. Cheers, will you work on it? Alan Books, I put the price up to 150 for the next few weeks so that we can buy Tiago. Great show. If, if, <laughs> uh, but that means that the price on DHA, DHK goes up to 22 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Sterling, yeah. you got to factor in Sterling as well into this deal, Phil. You know Sterling, what I mean? Well, Sterling with this whole Brexit thing, so it could put the whole Thiago thing in complete jeopardy. Yeah, um, good point. Stephen Connor says, "What happened to Billy Bean? Do you remember about ten days ago there was talk about Billy Bean and his investment group invested in Liverpool for some money so that we could spend it in the transfer line?" Jeffrey Anthony says, "Tell us never Nike." Yeah, like if you come out with those quotes, it's like the Warrior one. What was that one? this means more or something like that then there's lunatics out there that just walk around what was that no, that, was, that was just Dave LFC chats no <laughs> 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 we, we come not to play thanks Gav we come not to play <laughs> Dave Lennon says Andy give us the toaster story um, <laughs> there's no fucking way <laughs> Andy and Dick, I want to know something. We're talking about 150 million for Salah. King Amir says 200 million for Salah. Yeah, I'm with that. I think we'll easily get 200 million for Salah. Not a bother there. Um, and 300 million for Man to go on top of that. So we'll have at least 25 million to invest in the in transfers the following year. Um, right. Andy, any other co- any other thing you want to do off topic as it's the forum and on the admin? Anything off topic you want to discuss? No, uh, Dave is just trying to make me say terrible things. Is he, yeah? <laughs> right, where do you keep your toaster? The toaster? Yeah. On, uh, next to the cooker on the kitchen counter. Yeah. Did you put it away at all? That's because oh. you were converted. Yeah. <laughs> Are you back yeah. these days, right? You were younger, you kept it in the cupboard, didn't you? Oh. <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Don't say it you, you will have to keep the toasters in the cupboard. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what are we going to say, Andy? No, that was it. No, I'm not saying any marble toasters where, where they kept working out for yourselves. <laughs> yeah, Marty spotted that the clock. My clock's five minutes fast. It is, that is right. It does help when you're getting. Uh, when you're getting out uh, for for the school, uh, how come you're always, you're always t- ten minutes and fifteen minutes late down to the to the studio? <laughs> well, we're not doing from home. Because you know, sweet. That's why. Uh, in the cupboard, Dave Lynn says you're right. That's where you do keep your toasters if you're a Protestant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely fine to say. Yeah. All right. Um, right. 
says Alejandro, mate, I don't think we should ever sell Salah or Mane. They have three more consistent years. Actually, do you know Peter Smith, our good friend who's normally on this? This means he can mm. carry Klopp Liverpool into the post cop area. Peter Smith is mad. We all know this, right? He recently tweeted something about why isn't Robbie Keane still playing professional football because he scored a goal in that soccer aid match? Like, <laughs> it's like, what? He knows, he knows this game. He does know this game. <laughs> I know this game. If Peter, if Peter had his way, Gomez would be playing in the Bobby role right now. Yeah. I'm keeping the Gomez talk until next week because, like, honestly, he's pants at the moment. He's terrible pants. It's like ever since uh, – I'm not even getting into it. We, we can talk about that next week. Right, Andy. Um, Ray, tell hey, you anything just, on, on copy you want to – Just quick. That was, that was a classic sub, wasn't it, right at the end of the game, throwing Matt upon when, you know, when we were defending that one-goal lead. You know, straight from the – Playbook throwing Lovren on in the last minute and, and other clowns uh, before that. Like it was uh, just setting them up to fail, really, wasn't it? It felt a bit that way. Yeah, we've always done that. We did it with Lucas. It's like it's kind of written somewhere in the in the boot room. <laughs> and, uh, you must you must uh, throw a scapegoat on, and if it all goes wrong in the last minute, it, you know it has to be your Lovren's or your or your Lucas's. Speaking of Matip, I think he's going to get in against Chelsea. He might, yeah, yeah. He might. Matip, Matip, when fit, always starts over Gomez for the main reason he's the best partner alongside Van Dijk. There's no question about it. And this this, this is not a slight on, um, what's his name? Gomez. Right? That's just the way it is. Um, secondly, right, Dave Lennon, you are right, bears for the bowl. Pity it'll be one of the college football bowls. It won't be the Super Bowl. Um, and what was this? It was on the wall. Yeah, the first time. wall revealed when they were changing the wallpaper. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's too much more for Gerard. Yeah, Raji, you're, you're, you're lost, but we're getting 300 million for Salah. And Lucas is second ta- in tackles in Italy last season. I love that, Stefan Mark. You're absolutely right. He might have been second in tackles, but he still can't run five yards. Right. Ian Murray mean by the first time you've seen this pod on day trippers feels like opposite day. What does he mean by that? Maybe I don't know. Maybe Do you not realize that we are day trippers, Phil. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone realized that day trippers wouldn't exist if it wasn't for me and you. Yeah. We are yeah. behind the scenes making this shit happen for five loads of years now. More than a yeah, care. It's like this is Nike, and you know Gav's just doing the Jordan bit, isn't he? Yeah, no, no, no Gav is the Nike, right? Where, where, um, the Cox Sports. Phil and Gav, Phil and Andy had a Reebok of the station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the older, the Cox Sportif, Admiral, <laughs> we're the Admiral. <laughs> like I'm so. He's, he's, he's just throwing out random words now. He said Gomez shouts. So I don't know. Yeah, great. That's fair play to Dan Murray. Yeah. Tell you what, Dan Murray. They, 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 <laughs> talk to somebody who actually cares because if you, you haven't heard us, you know that we don't give a shit. Uh, right. Dino. So, well, Dan's a good, a good guy. He's a good fella. And keep keep watching and keep sharing and keep listening. We love you all. <laughs> right. This, Andy, question for you. What's this whole, I, like, I, 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 I'm just going to confess that I'm not a regular viewer of, of, of that other show um <laughs> what's, what's, the what's the standard of likes because i've seen someone throw in here that you know 70 odd like what 104 likes not bad for a new show what's that all about what's the benchmark it's ratios um 
Yeah, so we, we've got we've got fifty percent or sixty percent likes at the moment. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's pretty high. It's a high it's a high enough ratio. Sometimes sometimes Max, Max says that shout out to Maori because we haven't seen Maori in ages, right? Um, so that's great. It is big shout out to Maori and uh, James Allen. Originals was Maori technically one of the one of the originals? Yeah, uh, Karen said bring back Brenzi and Trev. That's not happening. Brenzi is dead, as we both know. And Trev, Trev, Trev was replaced. Trev was replaced like one of the Stepford wives. The Trev that's there isn't the same Trev that was there before. Um, <laughs> Yeah, how are we see, feeling about the Chelsea game? Can we maybe talk five minutes? How are we feeling about Chelsea? Are we more or less no, confident after seeing no. them? No, we're not talking about football. But this is one the one the one piece I had. I said I'd come back and start doing pods again. And said, if I don't have to talk about football, I hate football. You know this, <laughs> right? <laughs> I came back here. You this spent the last hour talking about it. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I like the show of getting Brenzi on. By the way, could we get? in Trev's meat suit. <laughs> <laughs> so we we dig Trev up, put him open, stick Brenzy inside him, and bring him on. Yeah, lads, whatever happened to Steve? Again, went went to meet um, Brenzy and uh, Trev. Hasn't been seen since. That's just the way it is. Um, if you go meet, went walking with the fishes. Uh, right, which football? <laughs> Better than winning that Champions League, and he just kind of retired on a high. But then there you go, he missed out on on the absolute sort of Everest being climbed, didn't he? He's coming. Uh, he only went to base camp one or whatever you call it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Avalanche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, had his champagne on the roof of El Corte Anglaise. Yeah. That's it. Um, and what did we? Chelsea watery gash from Stiff and Mac. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Full caps lock there, isn't he? Stefan was was absolutely full caps lock from about two minutes into this show. As soon as somebody mentioned for me, you know, he was straight in. Stefan, in fairness to him, lives on this channel. That's he fair just, He's here all the time. Even Every time, yeah. In fairness to him, yeah. Comments waiting. Okay, so, lads. I want to go. I want to go because I'm bored of this now. Just one more comment there. Jeffrey Anthony's uh, pointing out there, uh, Lalana gets injured on, on his debut. Anyone... Uh, making fun of that. Apparently, Andy Heaton is there. Uh, he's going to be uh, putting straighteners out on anyone who's uh, giving out about that and making fun of Lalana. He's straight, <laughs> straight to his defence on Twitter. Very funny. Andy, yeah. Did this, really, did, did this really happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go to his. Go to Andy Heaton yeah. on Twitter. Absolutely That's... ready, ready to knock anyone out who made fun of that situation. Dave Thomas, Dave Lennon is is fine. He's still alive. Um, still talking to him regularly. Just like, literally, is he started like, I'm I'm their voice. Think of me as their voice. With the people who who hate Liverpool social media, that's that's me. I'm representing them these days, right? So I'm I'm the bottomest red when it comes to not moaning about FSG or living in wardrobes. Dave Lennon, there. Where we're still looking from Dave Lennon. We can't find him. Nilo, uh, Nilo, yeah, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Grant. So, look, lads, that has been the forum. Um, thank you all, forumtologists who joined in along tonight with us. Um, your senior forumtologist was, of course, Andy Young. Um, junior forumtologist there in Australia is Garbrain, and you can notice even the lighting is, is thing. And then over this, I'd say I'm, I'm figuring this out now. Aww. There 
is Ray Dicko Dickinson live all the way from his good home in not Liverpool. Um, I've been your host, Phil Casey. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for engaging with us. Thanks for all the comments and the likes and the not likes. Um, look forward to talking to you all next week. Um, and enjoy yourself. Good luck. Good night. God bless. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. People say treat yourself like you need a reason. But McDonald's treats are perfect for every day. Like bold McCafe iced coffee. Get any size for $1.69. Or pick up any size sweet tea for a dollar. The largest served in an insulated cup that keeps your tea cold. Feeling a little extra something-something? Try the classic bakery sweets like an apple fritter. With so many ways to treat yourself, you don't need an excuse. Just come back tomorrow. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Sports Social Podcast Network.